0: Welcome to the No Relation NFL Podcast. Matt, are we ever going to see... We've seen one good playoff game. Um, You know, the second-best playoff game was the winning team had six field goals and no touchdowns. Please tell... I don't want to talk a lot about the Super Bowl this week, but please tell me we're in store for a compelling game.
1: I absolutely think so. I think the right teams are there, and that really can't be disputed. I mean, you got elite quarterbacks. You got really impressive offenses. You got all the nostalgia and history of the Patriots. But, Bill, I mean, a week ago, I thought we were in store for two phenomenal championship games, and I couldn't wrap my head around who was going to win those ones. And clearly that wasn't the issue.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what scared me, because um, I thought the championship games were going to be good. I thought the, the Seattle-Atlanta game was going to be good. And the average – the average point difference in, in these games is 15 points, and that's including the two good games. Um, I mean, it's just it's it's just stinker football, and I, and I know a lot of people are going to complain and say that you know the product's not good. I just think it's one of those years, and hey, next year we could uh, we can see you know five, six overtime games in the playoffs. I think you know I think it's just on its own merit, it hasn't been a great postseason. But, yeah, I certainly think that this has a chance for being a good Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I do, too. And I just think it's a little bit of circumstance. I mean, I think if you look at the AFC before the playoffs started, you could say, boy, you know, the the, the Oakland situation is depressing with the injuries and um, Houston probably doesn't belong. Um, But I think we all looked at it and thought Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and New England were all pretty darn good teams. And and then the NFC – you know, and I also kind of thought that the Lions and the Dolphins really weren't playoff-caliber teams at this stage of their franchise development. But, I mean, the rest of the NFC I thought was a pretty strong slate, and I thought they'd be a lot more competitive. I mean, i got to say I'm shocked by it. I do think some of it's fluke. Do you think that the run that Pittsburgh and Green Bay has been on, neither one had lost in so long, um, and on the road, and you know, just playing week after week after week. Do you think it just kind of hit the hit, hit the their toll, and uh, it was all they had left in the tank?
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: especially Green Bay. Clearly, Green Bay and and they're up. playing really high
0: caliber opponents, and 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 that didn't right. help the situation at all. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl, as far as I mean. I think this. I, I looked it up. And Dallas in Super Bowl 13 and the 49ers four years ago, they both had 31 points in losses, and that's tied for the highest point total in a Super Bowl loss. I think the loser can, can get more than 31 in this game. I mean, 59.5 is the over-under. It's the highest over-under in the Super Bowl. I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of points, don't you?
1: I do, and... Although I thought we were going to hit like 60-70 points in the NFC Championship game too and um I mean I, I guess a better way to we did. The
0: Falcons just scored them all.
1: We did. Right, <laughs> they were all from one team. And which was going to be my next point is I think Atlanta's offense is so good that they're pretty much guaranteed for 20 plus, you know, and I oh, think yeah. that 30 is certainly a, a very very capable uh, out of them, and maybe even more. I, I mean, maybe uh, that young team, that young defense will get overwhelmed. I mean, uh, I, if, if if the Super Bowl is going to be a blowout, do you agree with me that it will be New England blowing out Atlanta? I mean, I can't see the Patriots just getting blown out of the water. And that's kind of why I think it's going to be a, a compelling game
0: because I don't see Atlanta scoring less than 20. You know, I don't see Atlanta getting right. blown out.
1: I don't either, but I didn't see the Packers getting blown out or the Steelers getting yeah. blown out either.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, true enough. Last question about this super, this week on the Super Bowl, I really want <clears throat> to spend a lot next week on it. Is Atlanta's defense improvement impressing you, surprising you, or you don't think they are improving? Because it looks like I thought that was an underrated aspect of the Green Bay game
1: was that Atlanta's defense played pretty well. Yeah, and I've been slow to give them credit because, I mean, this really started about the last month of the season. And actually, I just wrote an article about this for FanRag. People should check it out. Um, you know, but they played the Rams and they played the 49ers in two of those games late in the season. And then they've up a lot of points to Saints, who I think is, you know, in contention for the second-best offense in the league. Um, so I was kind of slow to give this defense credit. But I do think they're really well coached. They've drafted heavy on this side of the ball with supreme athletes. You know, even guys like Keanu Neal and uh, Campbell and Jones, I mean, they can all run. They all tested well at the Combine, Um, Beasley and Jarrett and Hageman. And so they've got a lot of young pieces, and it was kind of like the Steeler defense in a way, too, where they were all coming together late in the year the more the young guys played and the more – uh, experience they got, and Brady picked them apart. So Brady, I think, could pick this defense apart as well. But, yes, it's much better than I've given it credit for. Uh, I think the future is bright for it. And their best defensive player is Trufant, the corner. He's not even in the equation right now. I mean, he's one of the best corners in the league. I mean, he's a gronk-like loss that people don't talk about. But um, So, yes, I'm a believer but I'm not sure that I'm a believer, much like the Steeler D, that they're going to slow down Braid.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Think, you know, you make a real good point about Font, and we talked about this weeks past, is that there's so many high-impact guys that got injured this year. And, you know, and that's another reason you give him, but he these two Super Bowl teams credit is that they, they made it all the way with key players out.
1: No doubt, no doubt. I mean, if you think about it, there are a lot of not only Pro Bowl caliber guys, but, you know, potential Hall of Famers that we're missing from this playoff. I mean, David Carr, obviously, but J.J. J. Watt and Gronk and Trufant and, you know, Studs that are – made Earl Thomas. But what's that? Earl Thomas, you know. Earl Thomas, right. He was the one I was trying to think of, the, the Hall of Fame type guy. You know, no doubt. Right. So yeah, I mean there's quite a few of the best players at their respective positions out there that would have been it even better.
0: Right. Wanna talk about a couple of little newsy things and then talk about the two teams that just left the playoffs. Um and, and this and this relates to one of those teams. Big Ben made some news today in Pittsburgh, I'm sure everybody's all fired up there. He, you know, he on his weekly radio show he basically said that maybe this maybe I'm done, you know if there is a next year. And A, how is that being received? And and B, is that, I mean, let's face it, he has a reputation of being a bit of a drama king. And do you think this is just emotions talking, raw emotions after, you know, two days after a disappointing
1: end to a long grind? Mostly, I mean, uh, I think he does like the attention. I mean, we all hear about every every nick nick and you know bruise that he gets and hobbling around. But I mean, also nobody questions his toughness. Right. Um I think there probably is a shred of doubt in his mind if he'll come back or not. You know that he. I have a feeling that you know it wasn't his best year and. You go to practice and you know that there's more bothering him. You know, to, to kind of counteract him to the point I just made, when you're at practice, you realize without revealing too much that the, there's things that bother him chronically that people don't talk about. You know, everyone talks about him being the drama queen, drama king. But there's things that bother him all the time that people don't know about or talk about, and I think that's part of or maybe all the reason that his play has dropped a little bit, you know, that he's not the, at the Brady level of this year, especially on the road. And you see guys like Eli Manning, and to a much lesser degree, Phillip Rivers, who are his draft compatriots, that their game is slipping. I mean, these guys are old, and not everyone's Tom Brady going to play until they're 60 years old, <laughs> or, or Peyton Manning. And especially when you think about the the wear and tear that has taken. And it hasn't been the last couple years, but early in the season, nobody took a beating like him. And it just you know it takes its toll. I mean, I bet he's sore. I bet he wants to go home and play with his kids and not think about football after such a bad loss. And he never – I'm not even sure if he said the words retirement. I just think he said something along the lines of, I'm going to contemplate my future. And I've said this all along. I mean, you look at the Steelers' off season. this is one of the few years where they actually have cap space and they don't have all that many needs. Usually, they have one or two massive, glaring needs when the draft rolls around. I don't think they will. I think this is the year you take the quarterback. Mhm. First, I mean, first round, round. I mean, either. at I mean, number a thirty, where they pick?
0: Guy. Do you think? I mean, do you think they should they should take a quarterback if they like one at number
1: thirty this year? I wouldn't crucify them for it. You know, if there's a guy that they have the grade that's worth it there. I would not have a problem. Um, I, I think edge-rusher is probably going to be their biggest need, but there's been talk that Harrison might come back. I mean, I still think he draft one high. But, you know, like the Patriots have shown us, you know, you draft Brissett, you draft Garoppolo, you draft Mallet, that you can't ignore that position. And I know from within their building, they've strongly considered it the last two draft classes. I think they like Cardale Jones. I think they like Dak Prescott. But this, you know, either they went, either those guys got drafted right before they were ready to pull the trigger, or, you know, right before they were on the board, or somebody that they didn't think was there, you know, they trumped it and they took a different position. But I know it's been on their mind to use a third, fourth round pick on a quarterback these last two drafts, and they haven't, but just for whatever reason.
0: Right. See, that, that's a tough situation, and, and I'd never know when it's the right time to do it. Um, because Ben's probably going to say, if they pick a guy at 30, he'd be like, okay, well, what about that edge rusher? What about a tight end sure. in case Green continues to be injured? You know, help me out. You know, I, I'm I'm going to be here for a little bit. We can win. Drafting my potential replacement when I'm 35 doesn't really help me win.
1: you know, we're a Final Four team. Give me one more piece.
0: Right, Yeah. So it's a tough spot. All those great teams got to deal with it, you know, sometimes. And, you know, I mean, that's why you applaud the Packers for, for what they did. And then you re- look at the Raiders and say, God, it took them 14 years to figure it out. And you look at, it at the Browns and they never figure it out. And You know, I mean, so it, it's a tough balancing act.
1: And the other perk is, you know, as a first-rounder, is you get that extra year on the contract, too. I mean, to me, for a quarterback, that's gigantic because five years from now, I don't think anybody thinks Ben's going to be here. But you might have a quarterback that sat on a bench for two years, and, you know, you get that 50-year option, and, you know, you still have a pretty good salary cap situation like they did with Russell Wilson or Luck early in his career where – you know, uh, uh, you, uh, you know the, the, the Raiders of Carr. I mean, what a huge advantage it is if you two years from now bends off the books and you have a guy there who's cheap for five years. I mean, that's gigantic.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. <clears throat> Talk about a little uh, defensive coordinator hiring Gus Bradley in Cindy, San Diego. Gus Bradley had big success part of Seattle. Obviously, uh, was had a tough time as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You like that defense he's taken over, don't don't you? There's a lot of young talent there. I mean, you you think that's a pretty good hire in San Diego? I think that could be an impact assistant coach hire.
1: San Diego's defense? Yeah. I like it a lot. I I really do. I mean, I don't know that Bradley's a – Great defensive mind. I mean, he did really well with Seattle. I thought he did a pretty good job with Jacksonville's defense, but both those defenses had a lot of talent. Obviously, Seattle's is loaded and had a pedigree before him. But I think, you know, I look at San Diego and think Verrett and Hayward, although they're small, could be the best set of corners in the league. I like their – they have a plethora of inside linebackers, and most of them young. I think Perryman's going to be the leader of that defense. I think Bosa is already a top ten defensive player in the league and is going to be a star. Um, keeping Ingram would be gigantic for them. He's a free agent and a pricey one, but put him on the opposite side of Bosa, and you know, mix in a Tachu too, you know, and move Bosa inside in some situations. So I think they're pretty well set. I mean, could use a safety. I mean, I think safety might be one of, is is definitely one of their biggest draft free agent needs, but not the hardest thing in the world to find. So right. I would think that that's that'll tell you a top ten defense with me to me with a good coordinator. Although I thought Pagano did a good job, I thought he was a very good coordinator. Yeah, I mean he was there a long time. He just went to the Raiders last night to uh, help
0: out Ken Norton Jr. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it's it's interesting, and I think we're going to talk about AFC West teams a lot in the off season. And we talked about it prior to this year, and they came through for the most part. I think that's just a really, I mean. I think if you get an all-star, you know, all-star team for each division, I think the AFC West team may be the best. And I might have just gave myself an idea for the offseason. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? That sounds I mean, like a fun article to write. Is Yeah, I mean, that, that AFC West all-star team would be pretty damn good.
1: Pretty good pass rushers. Yeah.
0: And then you <laughs> have a hell of a quarterback at
1: 25 years old, you know. Right, I mean, if Justin Houston can't see the field because Miller and Mack are there, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's not too shabby. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I guess they'd be a little light at quarterback. I mean, is Carr a top six, seven, eight quarterback? Yeah, maybe. And maybe I'd even take Rivers over him, I don't know. But you're right, I mean, that would be a very good team. I mean, almost insert the entire Raider offensive line. It's a pretty good group.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I gave myself something to do uh, in in June. But, yeah, not uh, a bad one. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said after the game that, "Hey, I want to be all in." One mixture, sure we're, we're all in every year, and you know, and, and people took that as almost a message to General Manager Ted Thompson, who you know historically just doesn't touch free agents. You know, he got cooked to a one-year deal and. Yeah, Julius Peppers a couple years ago, and those guys both worked well for the Packers. And it seems like Aaron Rodgers would like them to do some other things. I mean, this is probably the time for the Packers to spend a little money, right? Not get wild, but use use the system to their advantage. What you think?
1: Yes and no, because it's funny you brought this up. Because for a different site, I just went in depth as though I was the. the Packers GM and I really broke down their off season, and it's not real pretty. You know, I mean, not only are they going to be picking late in every draft in every round, which is always a good problem to have, but their cap situation is middle of the road to below average. But these are the names that they might lose. I mean, guys like Eddie Lacy, Jared Cook, J.C. Tredder, T.J. Lang, Julius Peppers. Dayton Jones, Perry, the, the outside linebacker. Um, and I think I'm missing somebody. Else. Micah Hyde. I mean, between all those guys, I mean, that's a lot of names. And they're probably going to cut Sam Shields. They might cut Clay Matthews. They'll probably cut um, Starks, the running back. There's a chance. I don't think it'll happen. But they could cut Jordy Nelson. So bringing back all their own is probably unrealistic. And they're key positions. I mean, you're going to lose... Basically, all your running backs except for Ty Montgomery, your top tight end, who's a really good, I mean, he's been a really important player for them. Two starting guards, um, all your edge pass rush, <laughs> and your corner situation gets worse. And it was a nightmare this year. So, I think they're going to have a real tough time scrambling to keep a roster that's equal to where it is now.
0: And
1: so, not, not even, not even talking about improving. Right, I mean, let alone going out and getting, you know, a free agent corner who's $10 million a year type guy. Right. Huh. So what's the answer there? I mean, I think you've got to pick and choose. Like, uh, uh, do you think Eddie Lacy would be cheap? I mean, I would think at this stage of the game, this might be a, a good year to keep him around on a one- or two-year deal, um, match him with Ty Montgomery, make Montgomery your receiving back, and Lacy your pounder and lighten the load on him. I don't think that would be too expensive. You'd love to keep Cook because, I mean, it's a really, really good tight end draft, but you don't want to bring in a rookie tight end on a, and, and have him take two or three years to develop. But Cook's kind of a knucklehead. I mean, do you want to invest big, big money in him? I don't know. I mean, uh, and Perry, somebody you'd like to keep, as with with Hyde. Hyde's been a valuable high snap count guy. But, you know, you're kind of counting on – Rollins and Randall, and maybe another late first-round pick to solve your cornerback problem, and that's frightening. You know, if, if your edge pass rush and your cornerbacks are both liabilities, that's not real good for the pass defense. <laughs> right. But
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I wasn't expect I guess I just kind of overlooked all those uh, potential departures. So, not this may have, been, games, but this just may have been this may have been the highest that window gets for a couple years. I mean,
1: well, they still got the superstar though. You know, I mean, yeah. Rodgers made a ton of problems go away this year. I would imagine he makes a ton of problems go away next year. But you know, it'd be nice to be able to not you know to, to enter the draft and not have to make up for a lot of losses and instead take a wide receiver that runs a 4-3, you know, or add something you didn't have, or grab a corner or young pass rusher, you know, I mean, or even like their inside linebackers are just okay. It'd be great to use a first-round pick and just upgrade there where you've had average play. Um, so I'm not sure where they'll be better. It's going really going to take a big year from their front office to make them equal the roster, let alone better. And – you know, a lot of teams in that division are probably going to be improving. Right. Right.
0: That, I was going to ask you, um, right now, and this is a loaded question, and totally ridiculous, but who's the favorite to win the division next year as of
1: right this moment? I would have to say the Packers because of Rodgers, but I think the Bears are a team on the, on the rise, but I don't think they're in that conversation yet. I mean, who knows even if they have a quarterback. Um, you look at Detroit – And I don't think they'll go backwards, but I would think a defensive-heavy offseason could make them take a small step forward. But I kind of come around to the Vikings, that if they can rebuild an offensive line and have one of the league's best defenses, guys like Treadwell might get better in their second year. I'm a Bradford believer. I mean, I'm not comparing him to Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's a legit NFL quarterback, and with a line he could do something. I would say the Packers... Than the Vikes. Okay, Bradford. Uh, he's not a detriment
0: guy. He's he's no. probably going to be the guy there, isn't he? Because I mean, Zimmer's early off-season t- talks about Bridgewater just makes you feel like, man, that that knee something's up there. That and, and we kind of all got the indications the way they reacted initially, but that seems like that knee injury is not going to be your run-of-the-mill get back in ten months deal.
1: I think that's and, they, and they've moved on, right? And to be honest, I said this the second they traded for Bradford. That I said Bradford's a better player than Bridgewater has been yet. You know that the kind of discouraging thing, and maybe this is just wishful thinking, but I thought the best Bridgewater ever looked in the NFL were those couple preseason games before he blew out his knee this year. You know, I thought, boy, he looks like he's taken the step forward. And it's a couple preseason games, so who knows? But When they traded for Bradford, I wrote several articles saying they upgraded a quarterback. And people are probably out there going, you're crazy. But I thought he did a lot with very little this year, especially with his line. And he's obviously a guy that you can look at and write a lot of negatives about. Or you can make a lot of excuses for him. That, boy, he's changed teams, he's never had anything around him. But look what he did, you know, the second half of 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 last year with the Eagles, you know, that Chip Kelly system, nothing he got used to playing with, you know, it was totally different than anything he'd ever done. Very little around him. I thought he played well. I mean, I'm not saying he's a top-ten quarterback, but I think he's a middle-of-the-road starting quarterback. Yeah, well, At, after your, your, after your
0: first-round pick of two years ago goes down in a heap on a Tuesday in August to, to get a middle-of-the-road quarterback to start the season, that's pretty good work, you know, to figure it out.
1: And a lot of people kind of criticize the Vikes for it. Like, boy, that's a reactionary move. You know, your your emergency situation. You're overpaying. But I'm not sure that it was. You know, I mean, again, if you can upgrade at the most important position on the field, not an old man. It's not a Romo type of move. And he's your quarterback for the next five, six, seven years. That's worth a first round pick. And you thought my initial reaction was, man. Teddy
0: Bridgewater, his, the, that knee's messed up, you know. Right, and, that too. And they don't think he's ever, you know, there's questions there. I, I, that, that was my initial reaction. You
1: know, everyone's so trying at practice. They stopped practice that day. I mean, that right, was not right. just Joe Blow, twi- you know, twisted his knee and he'll be back in a year. Right, right. Um, I, going back to the Super Bowl just a little bit, um,
0: I wanted to ask you this earlier. When the season started, can you remember what your thoughts of the Falcons was going into the
1: season? Yes, because I've done some things, you know, where I picked teams. You know how Vegas has the over-unders on win totals? Right. And I think, don't quote me, but I think the Falcons were at, like, seven as the the Vegas line before the season. And I went under. <laughs> I mean, I I did not have a lot of faith in this team. Um, I did think the offense would be better, but I didn't think it would be historically good. I've always been a bit of a Matt Ryan apologist, but I thought their defense was going to be horrible, and it was going to be shootout after shootout, and I didn't think the offense was good enough to get away with that. You know, where I looked at, like, the Saints and thought, they're going to be in shootout after shootout, but their offense is going to be awesome. They're an eight- or nine-win team. Where I looked at the Falcons and thought, they're going to be in shootout after shootout, but the offense will be good. But they're a six-win team, so I was wrong, and it happens, you know. Nah. Um, I guess, yeah. I, I don't recall.
0: I, I, I remember when the Bridgewater injury happened, and we we're starting to think about playoff predictions. Atlanta wasn't a team to take the Vikings' place, you know. I, I think I was. I, I think I was considering Tampa Bay. Yeah, but I think O'Anna was you know three or four in that division in my mind.
1: You know. Yeah, I mean I I say I've been a doubter basically up until two months ago. Yeah. And they played a tough schedule. I mean, to to their credit, I mean it was not an easy schedule for them. So they kind of maybe were easy to overlook because they didn't, you know, they weren't. It wasn't a stretch when they were you know ten and one or something like that, and you know they lost some games to good teams.
0: You know, and I don't think that division is per se good. It may be good next year, but each one of those opponents playing them twice is kind of a pain in the neck because you got Brees twice. You got, you know, you got the Buccaneers who got better as the season went on and became a, a, a good team at the end of the year. And then you have Carolina who had their ups and downs, but they're always, nobody ever wanted to play them, you know, and, and they have some. Strong weeks. That that wasn't an
1: easy. And they were fifteen and one last year. games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you know, they were the favorite, obviously coming in. They were the they were the yeah. champ.
0: So the Falcons um, had some difficult games in their division. They play the AFC West as well, and those are all tough games. So they've had, like I said, a a definite tough uh, schedule.
1: Yeah, and I think people look at that division like it's a softer division and I don't think it is anymore. I mean, it's not the AFC South at all, and there certainly isn't a Browns or 49ers in there that you can count on you to know, just chalk up two wins for.
0: Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, if, if the Panthers can figure themselves out real quick and, and say, hey, that was an anomaly year," that is going to be a tough division.
1: Yeah, but a lot of that, Cam has to get back to being Cam, and they have some holes too. I mean, uh, I, there's a, if I do a team needs for Carolina, I think I could come up with a lot of needs. Yeah, and, I mean, starting with signing short, the defensive tackle, I mean, a
0: lot of people yeah. say, oh, well, okay, they're they're letting go of, of Josh Norman because they need to sign short. But, you know, there's still plenty of time left, but there's plenty of time that they could have signed him
1: already, you know. So, I mean,
0: they can't afford I to lose him you
1: know, a year after losing Josh Norman. I certainly think he's a franchise candidate, but still, that's a big cap hit. Yeah, yeah. I think, the, I think the Oakland Raiders would love
0: for him to get loose. I, I don't know if he will, though. You know, because that's kind of the Raiders' biggest need. I mean, you know what? I mean, we're talking about free agency a lot coming up, but I did on uh, my Raider podcast I did a look, and, and there's like six solid defensive tackle available in, in free
1: agency. So it's a good
0: year for the Raiders for their biggest need.
1: And post-Super Bowl, we should probably dedicate one podcast just to the top 20, 30, 50 you know, uh, free agents to be. And you're right. I yeah. did do that on a different podcast. And I was shocked. There was four or five, and I wasn't looking through a Raiders you know, way of looking at it, but there's four or five run-stuffing big dudes that I think will be real happy with you know the, the contract that Snacks Harrison signed and the success he was. You know, as opposed to boy, we can't you know we can't pay a run supper guy.
0: Yeah, I mean a guy like Benny Logan, who the average yeah. fan may not get excited about, but I know scouts like Benny Logan. He's like the sixth best defensive tackle available in free agency.
1: I mean, those are the, the type Raven. of
0: guys that free agency is made for. You know, build your team on the in the trenches with a guy at a, at a decent solid contract and. I think there's, you know, I think there's, I think it's gonna be an interesting free agency again. Maybe not a ton of superstar names. I mean, I don't think the Berries and the Bells are gonna to get
1: to the street, but I think I think your team could get better this free agency. Agreed, agreed. You know, and like I mentioned, Brandon Williams. I mean, is a guy not, a, half of people yeah. probably don't know, but I mean, he's coming off his first contract. Highly athletic, 350 pound behemoth. I mean, he's gonna make big money. Yeah, he's gonna be a yeah, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a piggy. Hey, let's wrap up this show with kind of going back to the Steelers
0: a little bit. And I know you talked about what they need. I mean, do you think they should just stick with the draft, or should they maybe spend a little money in free agency, something like the Packers they don't do, and they did it on green this year, and it
1: kind of bit them a little bit because you can never stay healthy? Well, it does sound like they have more cap space than usual. Uh, I think they'll franchise on Bell. You know, when you look at his injury history and his marijuana use and things like that, too, I'm not sure that you put huge money into him now for the long term, but you definitely don't let him go. Um, so you franchise him and you think about it for another year. Um, you know, Landry Jones is a free agent. You bring him back as your stopgap second guy. There's not a lot of names that could be leaving town. The line's in place. You know, I think people would like to add one more weapon, you know, because Ladarius Green and Martavis Bryant are, and Sammy Coates, to a lesser degree, have been really hard to count on. But all three of those guys could be back and in a big way next year. So maybe use an early pick on a big receiver or a move tight end as insurance for those guys so you don't face the A.B. and a bunch of no-name receiver problems. Um, Brown's going to want money soon. I would think you you don't let him go and you lock him up before he becomes an issue. And I I think the big need is is outside linebacker, you know, just as I think the and Harrison are really good. If Harrison comes back, great. But I think you use a first or second round pick on an edge guy to learn from Harrison and, you know, uh, very soon supplant him. He's obviously way up in age, but there aren't a lot of needs. So, you know, maybe they do get involved with a Melvin Ingram or somebody like that, and that would surprise me. But um, I, I don't know where they'd spend their money. You know, not, not that they don't have needs, but if they were to go out and get a prominent free agent, a B-level free agent, I'm not sure what position it would be at. And I mean, that's kind of a good thing, right? I mean, yeah, they're absolutely. pretty
0: loaded, aren't they?
1: Yeah, which which brings me back to the original point was. Maybe this is the year you use a second-round pick on a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm okay with that quarterback
0: deal as long as you identify a guy that you think can be a starter. You don't just do it to do it. Especially now because, I mean, let's say Ben has four more years in him. Let's go three. And you pick a guy, you know, this year, and – he doesn't. He doesn't. He isn't a starter quality guy. Well, you got three years to figure it out, you know, because you're going to know pretty quick with quarterbacks. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. That coaches know if the once they get a quarterback in the NFL camp, pretty quick if he has it or not. And so, go try it in two years if this doesn't work. So this might going back to your original point, this might be the year to try do it if you think there's a guy you can get in the second round that can develop into a starter.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't have to be NFL ready. I mean, it's a really good situation to to do it in because, you know, he'll play a lot in the preseason these next two years. Ben will probably get hurt five games over the next two years, and this guy will get some time. And you know, he'll be absorbing and learning from Roethlisberger and the organization. In two or three years, will think, okay, he's our guy or he isn't. And you know, it's an ideal situation. And maybe the same as they have much more needs in the Steelers, but. I really think the Giants are crazy if they don't address the quarterback position in some way, shape, or form. Eli was a liability this year. I mean, if they use their first-round pick on a quarterback, I would not, you know, be critical.
0: Can they afford that? I mean. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's interesting. We're going to – that type of stuff we're going to talk about a lot. And, and I know you have mentioned this stuff on Twitter before and – and I totally agree that we love the season, but we ain't going to have any problem filling these podcasts during the offseason. You no, know, no, in it's fact. It's actually my favorite time of year. Yeah. To be honest with you, when we started this, I think we started it, I think right in, around July, I was thinking, like, in September, man, I kind of miss those preseason talks, <laughs> you know, because it seems <laughs> right. like the season gets into this kind of the same type of rhythm. And it seems like you're talking more about the 32 teams before the season, and, and then, to be you know, then once you, the as season gets going, there may be only be 14, 15 interesting teams. So I think this is a really good
1: time to talk about football as the rest of the year. I 100% agree, and as much as I love live football, obviously, and game day, and Sunday, and certainly the playoffs. I mean, I'm a scouting staff of one, and I'm in charge of 32 teams. I have a hard time. Keeping up, so when there's no more film to review, I get to catch up and learn a lot too of boy, you know this guy for the browns that i didn't wasn 't really aware of was a better player than I thought, and maybe they don't need an inside linebacker, you know maybe that's you know or boy they were, they have a bigger hole than I thought, or like I did today with the Packers, if you take one team and really dissect what their uh off season kind of lays out as you you think about it and go, boy, I mean you could see what their plan of attack is, and it's going to be a little hairier than I thought. Yeah, no, that, that, I, I thought that was really fascinating,
0: and, 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 again, I didn't think of that. So, yeah, good stuff, definitely. Obviously, next week is going to be breaking down the Super Bowl heavy, so uh, look forward to that, and, again, I think we're going to get a good game. So, Matt, appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the No Relation NFL podcast, and we'll talk Super Bowl next Tuesday. Matt, have a good week. You too, bud. We'll talk soon.